subscribe to this podcast to get exclusive access to the after show shooting the breeze welcome to the cool explorations podcast i'm your host tony peters today we're going to have on emily lewis from the abundant grace podcast and she's going to tell us uh, her testimony um as well as she's going to talk about faith and uh, what brought her to starting her podcast to explain a little bit about that and the business that she runs uh, and and help us as Christians to uh, feel the grow. Hello everyone, welcome to Cool Explorations. Today we have Emily Lewis on and she is going to talk about uh, her podcast, Abundant Grace. Uh, she's going to let us know where to find that as well as talk about faith uh, and uh, how it kind of tags into business, but also just discussing how people can get used to faith and not get stuck in a rut with their with their faith. Uh, so why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hi, Tony. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, I now am a podcaster and speaker and a faith coach. I come alongside women who have been exposed to a more religious side of Christianity that makes them feel like they have to check all the boxes or their relationship with God has to look a certain way. And that's really exhausting. And it leaves us feeling um, like we're trying to prove something to God or earn his favor. So I have the privilege of coming alongside them and kind of untangling those narratives to where that they can press into a truly unique relationship with God and um, without losing who they are. So that's part of what I do. The Abundant Grace podcast is there to empower Christians to walk in grace and to have a grace and truth centered relationship with God so that they aren't feeling the weight that sometimes Christianity puts on our shoulders because Jesus said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I want people to be able to walk in that. Yeah. And Chris Tallman has a great song that discusses that too. And I, I love his music uh, just because he does get into faith so much and, mm-hmm. and praising our God. And, and that that's what he, he really focuses on. So it's an important thing that you're, that you're focusing on with, with women. Cause yeah, it can be exhausting being in some of those, um, more religious parts of Christianity where you're in uh, Catholicism is an example of that, uh, where a lot of it becomes about works and, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, checking the right boxes. Right. Um, and I grew up, I grew up Baptist. So it's, I mean, a friend of mine once told me, she's like, I, I w- I've never been good enough to be a Baptist. And I think that a bit, like, yeah. so sometimes you can get that from many different denominations. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And Baptists, some of them can be that way too. Um, I know some of the really more like heavy um, areas where they're, they're all about that. And they're the ones who go out and they kind of do make Christianity look, look bad. Um, in terms of their, their zealous, like it's good to be on Mm. fire for, for God and be zealous. But at the same time, you have to think about how am I representing God? How am I representing Christ in everything that we do? And in some of what these more heavy zealous sex do is they end up really just putting that pressure on the rest of Christianity and showing a side that isn't necessarily godlike mm-hmm. um, because Christ Christ had a purpose with everything he did and uh, one thing that uh, people often bring up is you know the overturning of the tables and saying that's sin I'm like 
it wasn't sin. They turned the house of God into a place of just dishonesty and a money-making pit where he compares them to a pit of vipers. And it's like, that is not what church is supposed to be about. Mm -hmm. And he had a purpose for that. His purpose was to put an end to that and show them the error in their ways. Uh, And so he used, he used his anger to bring about that purpose. And really it was also a way that it was triggering what was going to happen in the end Mm -hmm. uh, where they were going to come after him hard now because he hit their wallets. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, in everything in the Bible, you have to really look at those. Right. Right. There's a saying, and I wish I should know who to attribute this to, but something like, I don't want to be sitting at a table that Jesus would have flipped, but Jesus only flipped tables twice. And I like the flip side, no pun intended of the, this quote that is like, I don't want to be flipping tables that Jesus would have sat at either. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, and I have a lot of respect for politicians who stick f- firm in their faith, um, like Kathy Flatline had a, one of my first interviews, an amazing woman. I've mentioned her many times, and I have a lot of respect for her because uh, she stands firm to her faith. Uh, and there's times where she says she's had to have that righteous anger and stand up for Christianity uh, and her beliefs mm. at time, times that other people might have just been like, oh, well, politically, it's better for my career if I just go along with this. Uh, and as Christians, we shouldn't be that way. So right. I have a lot of a lot of respect for politicians or other people in careers where career-wise, it would be better for them if they were to just kind of go along with things. And mm. yet they stand firm in their faith. Um, and like you say, deciding when is the right time for me to flip tables and when is the right time for me to sit at that table. Mm-hmm. And knowing that is is prayer. A biblical reading, talking to your, your your biblical elders, like your churches and stuff. Um, so you can really kind of get a, a foundation for, for those knowledge, when I should be doing that, what should I be doing? How should I be approaching that? Absolutely. Um, why don't you tell us a little about your testimony as well uh, and what God's currently doing in your life, the direction he's been taking you, how he's brought mm. you to this point. Yeah. Fun. Okay. So I grew up in a Christian home and went to a church that emphasized doing all the right things and believing all the right things. And that was how you were right with God. And that was how to get favor with God too. And I was afraid that God would maybe stop speaking to me if I didn't measure up or if I um, wasn't listening to him. So uh, my, my default was to participate like all in. I was all in. I was goody two shoes. I did all the things. I believed all the right things and it left me actually exhausted, but I didn't know that there was any other way. This is just how you do it. And there was a lot of pressure to try to prove and prove that I was worthy or earn, like I said, God's love, or I, I believe that God loved me because the Bible says so. Um, but I didn't believe that God loved me, you know, like it was in my head, but it really wasn't in my heart. And I definitely didn't think God liked me very much. So that kind of just set up this performance-based um, living to where I was doing all the right things, but 
disconnected from God. I was reading 10 pages a day as a teenager, like getting through my Bible three times a year, but that was, it had disconnect to my life. And I operated that way for years. And there were some situations that came up that allowed me to, that may would have allowed me to start asking questions about the way that I was going about things, but I buried them. And it wasn't until the pastor that I grew up under was exposed as abusive at home. And that really flipped everything to where I could start asking questions. If this isn't true, then is this true? And I was gifted a faith crisis. I was gifted here. Now you can ask all of your questions. And that led me to knowing that I was in a spiritually oppressive situation where there was a lot of, um, well, now I have, now I can identify it as kind of cult-like and there's religious trauma there. But at first it was just like, wow, the first thing that I could admit was the spiritual abuse, but through asking those questions and that faith crisis, God was so faithful and kind to lead me to resources that were grace-based. See, um, if I was called a legalist, like if our church was labeled legalist, I was like, yeah, I'm going to wear that label proudly because my standards are just better than yours. And that's, that was my attitude. And God led me to grace-based resources that let me understand that I was unconditionally loved. The book that changed it for me was real Christianity by Carrie Schmidt just allowed me me to take that pressure off of my shoulders. Like I talked about that weight, that weight was sitting so heavy that I felt like it was all riding on me and how well I did. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew that Jesus was my way to heaven, it was like, that was it. That was like the starting point. But then I, I realized that grace was how we operate as Christians. It's everything. It's not just the starting point. It's, I think Tim Keller says it's like, um, is it Tim Keller or JD Greer says something like, it's not just like the first step. It's like the whole swimming pool, right? It's like, it is everything. So that shifted, um, started to shift my motivation for doing things. So now I didn't have to serve because I was feeling guilty. If I didn't, I didn't have to dot my I's and cross my T's because of fear that God was going to leave me. That was the first thing that shifted. I'll stop. If you have questions. I can keep going too. No, you keep going. You're good. So realizing that I was accepted and then I could stop proving things not only shifted my motivation, but then eventually it shifted how much I felt like I had to do. So it allowed me to rest. It allowed me to stop being so exhausted because the results weren't completely up to me. It wasn't my responsibility to save people. It wasn't my responsibility to keep God. It wasn't the weight wasn't on my shoulders to keep God happy with me. Um, it was, wow, I am already accepted. And what do I do from a place of acceptance and worthy rather than trying to prove my worth? I can stand in that worth and it changes um, my motivation, like I said, and allowed me to rest. So I could, I could take a step back and go, okay, God, what do you actually want me to be involved in? What is my relationship with you supposed to look like rather than this 
almost physical checklist. I wrote it out a few times. So there was a physical checklist of like, read my Bible, pray. I'm a checklist person anyway, but like, here's this checklist of things that I am supposed to be doing. And I like, you hear this saying, like, we should all over ourselves. Like we just should, I should be doing, I should be doing this. And we forget to ask God, what do you want me to be doing? What does my relationship with you look like? What are the gifts that you've been, you've given to me? What are the callings that you have on my life? Rather than this is just the mold I was supposed to fit. Like as a Christian mom, I had to break out of that. You mentioned business. Some I had to, God had to call me out of my past belief system because I thought that a good Christian wife or mom just was only staying at home. And I believe that lots of women are called to do that, but God was calling me to start a business. And I didn't think it was him. I was like, God, please take this desire away from me because there's no way this is from you. And I find like after years, literally years of wrestling through this, I finally told my husband and he was so excited at the potential of me starting something. And that led to starting my podcast and coaching. It was so funny though, because I really, I had put myself in a box and God was like, here, I want to, I want you to do this over here. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't, I'm not supposed to. God breaks those barriers and pushes us out of our comfort zones, out of the box. Cause he does not want us to sit in a box. He wants us to go out and and be out of our comfort zone. He keeps pushing me out of my comfort zone mm. all the time, uh, further and further out. Um, like some of the people I, I've been reaching out to lately and been in contact with them, like, that is not my comfort zone. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, God's been like, do it. Like, this is something I want you to do. Do it. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it's something I have had. There are people in our church that do believe that women should be at home. Um, and particularly one lady is very very zealous about that um and she has lots of kids and i mean good on her that she could stay at home but she's always harping on my wife about Ooh. the fact that my wife works and she's the main breadwinner she's like you should be at home and you should be you should be with the kids and all that and it's like that's what god's called you to do mm-hmm. that's not necessarily what he's called my wife to do Right. My wife would go insane if she was at home all the time. <laughs> she likes yeah. to be out. She likes to be busy and doing things. And for me, I'm more like the introvert. Like I'm like podcasting is my extrovert side. The others and sales when I'm at when I'm at work, that is my expert side. When I'm at home, I just want to be at home. I don't want to mm-hmm. go out and do things. I I don't really like if people want to come over to my house, sure. I'll gladly have people over to my house, but going over to people's places not super excited about I'm just a homebody Mm -hmm. and I I talk to people all day long whether it's through this or when I'm at work I talk to people all day long and it's like when I'm at home I just want to have my my at home time my family time Mm -hmm. time time with the kids Um, but right you know God calls us all into different areas and it's not up to us to judge other people for the areas they're in Mm -hmm. and uh it's all about God's glory and full of his grace. Like you say. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, your life situation, you know, what works best for your life. And I just met you, but I can think of many reasons. Like you said, your wife feels like that's where, that's what lights her up or what works for your family right now. And if we try to model any of our life after someone else, just merely for the fact that it works for them and God told them to do it, we'll find ourselves 
um, not feeling fully alive, yeah. right? And Jesus came to give us abundant life. Now, and sometimes that word abundant life is eternal life is translated eternal. And he came to give us that eternal life, like a window into that right now. So we can access that. And, but when we're trying to make our life look like somebody else's or fit ourselves into a box that we don't fit in, that's not abundance. No, no, that isn't. And, uh, you mentioned before too, like how you kind of felt like trapped in that, that check checklist, uh, situation and the church was not helping that. Um, thankfully my church was pretty good, uh, in terms of that, but Mm -hmm. I, I myself never felt worthy because of my own traumas, my background and the sin that I was leading, uh, because of that. And how did God take you and lead you back to him and out of that? How did he pull you out of that? Mm. So the first time that I heard that the gospel could be more than just for salvation, like death, burial, and resurrection, right? When I was listening to a podcast interview where they were interviewing these two authors, I don't even remember what the book was called, but at the end, the interviewer asked them what's next for you guys. And one of the gals answered, well, every time I think I get past the gospel, I, you know, God brings me back to it because I never can exhaust the gospel. And I thought that's shallow. Cause, <laughs> cause where I came, where I was raised, we, we studied all kinds of strange doctrines that now I see as very strange, mm. but the, the gospel the gospel had seemed so shallow, but that was the first time that I remember hearing that and going, and it just, it was just a seed that God planted inside of me that allowed me later when he brought the, the, um, book real Christianity, my way and the other, um, resources to show me his unconditional love. I was in a place where I could receive them and ask. And it really did take, um, a big event to shock. It was like I, my system needed shocked because I was just in that rut. I was just doing the same thing. Uh, and like you used the word stuck. I didn't know that there was anything else. I didn't know that I could get out until God used a huge situation to allow me to ask questions. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And God uses crises in faith uh, or crises in faith, I should say, uh, <laughs> to really drive us to him and give us that desire to expand our knowledge, to learn more about him, dig into the Bible, get that prayer relationship going. And so like even David, man after God's own heart, he had crises in faith. Joseph had those moments. And mm-hmm. it's like God used those moments to help them grow and through their their sin uh they still were able to grow i mean david committed sins that we would be like oh those are terrible sins but in god's eyes they're all equal they were all the same level of sin mm. god doesn't have a pyramid of sin and people often think of crises as faith and be like i i i'm sinning i i'm doubting god it's a oh, sin mm-mm. and it's like, no, that's God telling you he has something to teach you and you need to mm-hmm. learn and dig and being willing to do that is important in our Christian faith. Yeah. Um, 
and so I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is a, a big point for Christians to learn that those moments are moments when we can dig further into God's love. Right. And that, right. Like you said, that doubt isn't sin. We see plenty of people doubt throughout scripture and there's not a rebuke for them. I mean, even sometimes we insert like, well, this way we insert, um, like morality into a narrative. And we're like, yeah. Oh, obviously Gideon was wrong for asking God to confirm this. The Bible never says that Gideon was wrong to ask God for, to confirm that those doubts that we have, God is so faithful and gracious to confirm those things. And yeah, sometimes we have to go forward without certainty. Faith it, certainty is the opposite of faith. And sometimes yeah. we feel like we have to have certainty, but we get to go forward with those doubts, those doubts that you have, or the questions you're wrestling with definitely don't disqualify you. No. And, uh, I would say research, 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 uh, dig into it. If you have a question, go to the Bible, talk to your pastor uh, or an elder. Um, I want to start a discipleship program where it's one-on-one discipleship. And I would love to see that where it's like one-on-one people just like, okay, I have this question. What do you think about this? Mm. And it can expand the other person's mind as well. Like if you're just talking to them and they aren't sure, well, then they're going to dig into it and then they're going to learn something too. And together you can grow. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's incredibly important to have people like that to talk to pastors, uh, but prayer and scripture reading is so important in those things. And that's why I love the Bible study uh factor like be in a bible study or a, a group where you can study the, the scripture together and bounce ideas mm. off each other because bouncing ideas off each other gets your mind going and being like oh yeah i never thought of it that way and it's a whole yeah. new light mm-hmm. and i will add to you that there, sometimes if you've been in a re- spiritually traumatic or religiously oppressive situation reading the bible can feel hard And you might need to take a break from it. If it's triggering you, you might need to take a break or you might need to approach it in a way that you've never approached it before. But we get sometimes feeling like we can't have, uh, we aren't a good Christian if we're struggling with reading the Bible, if it's heavy and it's like something that's hard to approach, you can get a, you can get a coach, you can get a like you said, get a mentor. It's somebody that is so gracious and gentle with you, just like God is, because God's not putting that pressure on you. Sometimes societal influences like church and societal influences will put so much pressure on us for it to look a certain way or for us to stay reading, you know, a chapter a day in the morning or whatever. And if that's hard for you, you don't have to feel guilty about taking taking a break. And I, and I hope that comes across, right? Because I do believe that scripture is inspired and changes us from the inside out, but God can speak to you too and minister through other means. If you need space from that for a season. Yeah. And giving God that time, just that quiet time where he can speak to you because in our busy lives, we just get so swamped with things and we feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. We don't take that time. And God wants that relationship. And part of a relationship yeah, yeah. is having that, that quiet time where you just listen to the other person, mm-hmm. hear, hear about their day. Like you do that with your wife or your spouse or hope you do anyway. 
uh, where it's like <laughs> you, you listen to them about things that have gone on in their day. Well, God wants to hear about your day too. And God wants to speak to you about that. So give them that quiet time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just tell them about your day. And then something that we're not very good at, that has been a process of learning is that being still. Seriously, if you feel like you can't pray, or even if you do pray, sit for just like, if you have to set a timer for two minutes, five minutes, whatever works to just see if God speaks back right then. And it's, um, I have a mentor that calls it practicing the presence, practicing the presence of God, making ourselves more aware that he is with us. We're not trying to bring in his presence, but we're we're recognizing um, his presence and we want a deeper awareness that he is with us. Yeah, exactly. And you discussed that a little bit, I'm sure through your business uh, as well as your podcast. Do you want to tell us uh, first about your podcast, Abundant Grace, um, where we can find that and um, then talk about a little about your business and where we can find your business. Okay. Yeah. So Abundant Grace, just it started because like I said, that, that nudge to start a business and I wasn't sure what it would look like. And then it it led to the podcasting coaching. And the reason I started it was I wanted other people to experience the free, the freedom that comes with breaking free, breaking away from all of those religious to do's in that checklist. And I watched my husband and I, um, were youth pastors at our previous church. And I remember having a conversation with one of the girls and you could see her eyes light up the light in her eyes changed. And she was starting to grasp God's unconditional love and acceptance. And I wanted to do that more. Like I want other people that just, it's like they're coming alive again. Like, Oh, I don't have this weight on top of me. So that's what it's for. I now do Bible studies that pair with the podcast each month, I release a new one and I've started like each month is a theme. So in July, the theme was breaking away from the need to prove because we already are accepted in the father's house. And then coming up in August, we're going to talk about trusting God and relearning to trust God. If you've been, if that trust has been broken, because mm-hmm. faith is only as strong as you believing God is trustworthy. So getting back to that. So I love that has been really fun to add those Bible studies in and allow people to just take one topic and go deeper on it. Um, that facilitates a lot of healing. Yeah, and then go ahead. No, no, I was yeah. just going to say that's important. Yeah. So it's been super rewarding to focus in on those topics. And then my business is coaching. I do Uh, primarily one-on-one coaching, but I'm getting into offering some group offers as well to help specifically around worthiness. Uh, But one-on-one, we can work together uh, with just getting you to a place where you believe God is trustworthy again, that you can be you and you don't have to try to be somebody else that God isn't asking you to change or fit a certain mold. I mean, okay. Maybe I'll reword that because God does ask us to change. He does transform us. Right. But there is parts of us that is just how we've been created. And we don't have to be like our sister or our brother or our pastor in order for God to use us and to be pleased with us. So that's what what I do for coaching, Um, mostly working with people with some religious trauma as well. Um, 
breaking that off, say, we don't have to prove anything. You are accepted and God is never going to leave you. Yeah. And where can we find both uh, your business and your podcast? Yeah. Abundant Grace is on all of the podcast streaming platforms. And then my business, I would love to invite you guys to take my four day challenge just so you can rest in who God is and own who he says you are. You can go to your relationship with God.com forward slash, uh, cool explorations. And that's your relationship with God.com forward slash cool explorations and go check that out. Awesome. And we will put a link to your website in the description as well. So we can find that. How have you seen God at work throughout the whole process of starting the business and then through the business since it's begun? Mm. Yeah. I, it's interesting to be in, in a business that is so tied to my own personal journey as well, because there's been a lot of growth in me and I think it's necessary to get through this. And I haven't seen as much growth in my business as I want, you know, as soon as I want it, you know, we, I, you follow all kinds of business coaches and they're like, you know, six figures in the first three months or whatever. And (laughs) (laughs) like, that hasn't been my story at all. This is the first year that I've, I'll be making, I'll be in the black. Right. Uh, but so that has been something that I think I'm still working through is like, God, I believe that you are you've called me to this and I will be in it until you say stop. And I would love it if the revenue follows. Um, but I'm just trusting him for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of been the story of podcasting for me as well. Uh, just kind of that faith and, and trusting that God, you know, he provides the, the key opportunities in your life when you're like, I, I God, I really need something. You got to give me something. And then, mm-hmm. and then bam, something comes and you're like, oh God, you're amazing. Like, <laughs> yes, I just love how he works. It's like, cause it, sometimes faith is, I think we get really scared of having to exercise that muscle. Yeah. And I remember being a teenager and I don't know if you know the hymn, but there's, it's a hymn called living by faith. I'm pretty sure. And the chorus is like super happy. And I remember being a teenager going, oh this is supposed to be exciting. <laughs> not yeah. like, Oh no, I'm going to trust God and it's going to be horrible. Yeah. That's why I love so many praise singers like Chris Tomlin for King and country, mm-hmm. um, Matt Redman, like just people who, who sing about praise and newsboys, they kind of make things fun. I know they've been around for a long time, so I kind of aged myself there, but, but they, <laughs> they make things fun and they, they just kind of bring that fun side because God wants it to be fun. I mean, God invented instruments, out of Adam's children originally did. So, I mean, music and, and fun was supposed to be a part of our relationship with God. It wasn't supposed to be like this uh, drone life. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I follow God and uh, I can't do anything of my own. I have to follow God. Only. No, God wants us to think for ourselves. He wants us to pray to him and get passionate. Uh, and part of that is praise songs and mm. And reading those things. I mean, David, I mean, look at that man. He praised God all the time. Even in his times of struggle, he found something to praise God about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, mm-hmm. need to, yeah. We, need, we need to find that in our lives. Uh, yeah. that- and there's, there's definitely room for lo- the lamenting too. Like we see yeah. David wrote a ton of Psalms that are like to us. If we prayed that we would feel like, man, I must be really low. Cause he was yeah. really low and he let himself feel that. 
but also like, just feel it. Let us, let ourselves feel it all right. Feel yeah. the excitement, feel the grief. Yeah. We'd be so much healthier for it. Yeah, we would be. And, uh, not being afraid to show that grief at times mm-hmm. too. Um, Cause so many times in society, it's, you know, you're supposed to be a manly man in, in our case. Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 don't show your emotions. And it's like, well, that's not how a lot of the biblical figures were in the Bible. They showed their emotions. Uh, you know, they, they cried tears mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it's finding God in those moments can be tough. But learning mm-hmm. how to find God in those moments is key in our relationship with with God, yeah. and He wants us He wants us to share those moments with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we oftentimes think, you know, we're, we're sinning, like we're we're sinning because we feel depressed, or we must be mm. sinning. And God uses those times to help us grow, and He wants to yeah. be there to help us get through those times. I'm so glad you brought that up. A friend of mine recently posted to Instagram, um, just a prayer for the coming school season and you know, the season of change. And I had been labeling some emotions that I was feeling fear and like guilt or something as negative, inherently like negative. And one of the lines in this prayer was just that we would embrace the grief that comes with changing seasons, even if it's a good change. And that's so liberating to me. I needed that reminder to just embrace that as grief. And I don't have to feel guilty over it. I don't have to try to, I don't know, put it in a compartment of like, oh, it's bad or it's good. Mm-hmm. It just is. And I can grieve it yeah. without feeling bad about it. Yeah. And um, I want to finish off with uh, one thing that I always ask uh, people, and that is for a piece of advice. So what advice would you have for Christians who feel stuck in their faith they're they're stuck in a in this rut and they can't get out of that that rut Mm. yeah I think I hit ruts almost more quickly than I used to or maybe I'm just more aware of them so if I try I got praying journaling worked for me for a while and it was great and then it just kind of stopped working for me and now i pray and I, while I'm walking and I've been challenged to pray out loud more. And so I would just say, don't be afraid to try something. If something feels stuck, um, whether it is your Bible reading or you're not recognizing God's presence throughout your day, you can simply start directing your questions to him. Like you would direct your questions to yourself. Like, Oh, where did I put that thing? just change it to a prayer and recognize God's presence with you. Or what are we going to have to eat today? Or what, you know, what should I be working on next? You know, we do that inside our heads, like direct those towards God. And that can refresh us in reminding us of how close God is to us because he is closer than our next breath. Like that, when we get that aware, um, I feel like it's, it brings new life to us that he isn't leaving. He is right there mm-hmm. in the grief, in the joy, in the like, whatever. And when we do mess up, he still didn't leave us. Yeah. And that is encouraging to me. And then really just don't be afraid to try something. If you need to go to your church's Sunday night service or Saturday night service or something, just change it up and let God meet you. And it may be even a new experience. 
Yeah, I think that is, is great advice. Because um, oftentimes we do, we get stuck in, in, in a rut in our faith. And, and like you said, prayer, um, super, super important in terms of that relationship and getting out of that rut. Um, mm-hmm. Prayer walks, I, I love prayer walks. They're, they're amazing. Uh, and watching TV, we, we watch a lot of nature shows and Shark Week is on this week. So uh, <laughs> that's our TV right now. Um, and you just see God's glory and amazing mm. ability, like just in all these different creatures. And uh, I love to look in nature too, at all the different variety of creatures. And you're like, God had hu- a sense of humor, like really has a sense of humor. It's some yes. of the things he created. It, it's just, you get to when you're in the prayer walk or that prayer time you can you can just see God's glory all around you and just be like God's amazing like God is really amazing and he's here with me uh if he created all this he can help me get through anything Mm, and yeah taking that time is just Mm -hmm. important it's amazing how I think it just they go hand in hand somehow you feeling so small like, I feel so small. Like I climbed a, a mountain, uh, on Sunday and just looking out, you can see on t- above a lot of the mountain ranges that are nearby. And it just, I feel so small. And then you think God put his Holy spirit inside of me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, his power is inside of me. And so at the same time, you feel small, like God is, God is the one that is mighty in us, but he is mighty in you. And he will use you. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. It is. It's an incredible feeling. Uh something it's it's hard to get used to that that feeling of being like, you know, God's using me. It, it feels good. Uh, mm-hmm. and still trying to keep that that humility, like it is God. It, it's God doing the work. It's it's God who's bringing this stuff about. Because I always say I can't take credit for anything I've I've done because I couldn't do it without God. Uh mm-hmm. and even when I stopped doing podcasting, God brought listeners in so it's like god's at work keep them work not at work for him yeah uh, yeah so remembering that is is really important so mm-hmm. thank you for coming on and sharing really really appreciate having you on i would love to have you on again and, and hear more from you thanks so much tony it was great to meet you and get to know you i pray this is a a blessing and encouragement to your audience thank you for listening to cool explorations you've just been listening to Emily Lewis uh, of the Abundant Grace podcast, as uh, she's explained a little bit about uh, her testimony uh, and what we as Christians can do uh, to really help those who are who are struggling in their faith uh, and help us to grow as Christians. Uh, as well, she's going to talk about her podcast, Abundant Grace, and uh, the business that she runs. And if you uh, like this podcast and uh, have a comment or want to send me something, uh, just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com. Well, I have just been uh, blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show, and I'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh, for the Lord right now. Uh, If I haven't got back to you, I promise I will get back to you. Uh, I look forward to to speaking with each of you and interviewing you. And... uh, keep tuning into the show there's there's lots of of new people that are coming on here and if you're considering wanting to to come on the show uh just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com and uh, i will get back to you